This is COVID Conversations. I'm Erin Ransford, and I'm here with our host, Dr. Ismail Nabil. Dr. Nabil is the Deputy Medical Director of Employee Health, Safety, and Wellness for the Mount Sinai Health System and an Associate Professor in the Department of Environmental Medicine and Public Health at the Icon School of Medicine. He is a Fellow of the American College of Occupational and Environmental Medicine and is the current Chair of ACOM's Council on Scientific Affairs. Today is July 21st, 2022. On this episode, we discuss BA5, the current dominant subvariant of COVID-19. Hi, Dr. Nabil. Hope you're doing well. We are here again with COVID Conversations today to discuss BA5. Thank you, Erin, for having me today. We'll be discussing a very important topic in COVID saga, the BA5. Recently, there has been an uptick of cases of Omicron BA5, which is a subvariant of Omicron. And there's been a resurgence of COVID even in summer months, which is always interesting and alarming. But here we are. So can you give us a little bit of an overview? What exactly is Omicron BA5? Good question. So BA5 is a sub-variant of Omicron. So Omicron has multiple variants. We've talked about BA1, which surged in December and January. Then BA2 came that took over BA1 in March, April, and then extended itself in May. The new kid on the block is now BA5, which has been significantly increasing in numbers recently. And 10 to 15% Americans estimated to be infected at this point. The initial strain was first detected in South Africa. BA4 was detected in South Africa in January. BA5, same year in February, was again detected in South Africa. And then BA5 took over and was more dominant strain in South Africa. Since then, it has it continues to recede in South Africa. There's a lot of concern about it in terms of our protection against the coronaviruses, particularly the Omicron strain. And this substrain tends to be alarmingly evasive of our current protection. Yes, I have heard that people with a complete series of vaccinations and boosters, and even those with prior infections, are still getting Omicron BA5. That's a really right observation. First of all, the community levels, as reported by CDC in July 14, have been increasing. We're seeing a surge in community levels. The CDC reports on it. We have about 14 percentage point increase since the very start. The reported cases as of July 13th, new cases have increased. Seven-day moving average is now 15.7% as reported by CDC. So there's definitely a concern of increasing numbers. The question really is, is are we going to get back to the level where we saw Omicron surge in December January is yet to be seen. But all projections state that BA5 will be a most dominant virus in US. It's projected to overtake BA2, which was dominant earlier, 65% of now Omicron lineage, as reported by CDC, is BA5. There are several lineages, as we have discussed. Uh, The BA4, which is right behind BA5 variant, is about 16.3% of all the detected sequenced cases that we're seeing. So definitely the big question is BA5. You mentioned that people who have infection in the past tend to get reinfected. And unfortunately, we are seeing that with BA5, even with adequate protection, previous infection. And in the past, we used to wait 90 days for potential reinfection. Uh, that's not the case 
anymore with Omicron BA5. You do see number of cases who have been infected in May with the subvariant, different subvariant can have BA5 as subvariant. Do you think that increase is because the COVID restrictions and mitigations have been drastically reduced or even eliminated or because the virus itself is more evasive or both? Oh, there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle, but uh, of course, there are all of the things and above. Number one, virus has changed, mutated uh, even more and more evasive now than what we have seen in the past. Virus is highly infectious compared to previous versions of the viruses that we have seen in the past. Our uh, defenses or immunity that we generate against the virus is also significantly diminished. Our vaccination status has also changed. After the primary shots, which basically primarily built on a original or wild type strain, we have several iterations of Omicron that has come up, especially BA5 is very evasive to what kind of immunity we have generated from earlier vaccination. We also are more engaged in our daily lives. Things have opened up. Uh, people are more likely to travel, uh, congregate. So the, all these factors increase the transmission risks, and we're seeing all of the above. How about booster shots? I know that for those of us that are under 50, we aren't eligible unless we're immunocompromised for the second shot, which means that a lot of us haven't received any sort of booster shot since 2021. You're absolutely right. So the boosters certainly helped in a very significant way. The data published by CDC reported that the booster shots in eligible population has helped a fourfold increase in protection for those who did not get the second booster shot. So most of us have gotten one booster if you're younger than 50 years old and don't have any comorbidities or conditions. People who are above 50 and older should receive a second booster shot as it does help. It's fourfold more effective in people who have not received the second booster shots, particularly in population that is considered at risk by CDC. It's definitely helped with hospitalization. So do you think that the under 50 crowd is going to be approved for a second booster shot soon? Or are we all kind of waiting for the Omicron-specific booster that's rumored to come out this fall? Yes, a very good question. Um, we don't have answers yet in terms of the move to allow people under 50 to get the shot who don't have comorbidities. There's been a poor intake of shots across the board, even for eligible population. CDC report only 28% of people who are eligible to get second boosters have not received the second booster. And partly, I, I think one other thing that you mentioned earlier is a more Omicron-specific vaccine is underworks. might also sway some people to wait till fall to get the Omicron-specific vaccine. But one of the things that we have seen in clinical practice, and particularly in occupational medicine practice, I would say any protection is good protection. It might boost some of your immunity. So second booster is recommended to protect you against infection and not to wait Till you're going to get an Omicron-specific vaccine. So the over 50 crowd should get their second booster. Absolutely. And then uh, the good news is that you're, even if you get the second booster, you're still eligible to get Omicron-specific 
vaccine. I think that's key information for people because if there is hesitancy, that could be one of the primary reasons. Absolutely. And I think that will help. Uh, One important news that uh, I want to mention is Moderna has reported recently on Omicron-specific booster vaccine, and it has been showing some impact on BA5 variant. So just to give you a more comprehensive understanding, lately Moderna has been doing phase four trials to come up with a bivalent platform of vaccines. There's about 800 participants in the trial, and they have reported that 70% of antibodies that was generated after the booster was effective against BA5, which is excellent news. That is good news. Can you explain what bivalent means? So uh, there's been a lot of conversations about how we can protect and how we can improve efficacy of the vaccine. One solution that's been put forward is not all strains are equally protected. For example, if you have previous infection with a subvariant of Omicron, BA1, for example, you can be more susceptible again to be infected with BA5, which is another subvariant of Omicron. So the idea here is to create a bivalent or multivalent vaccine, which might incorporate two things. One, an older virus or wild type virus, which has a broader protection against all subtypes and also to be a specific virus, such as Omicron, which has a very targeted uh, protection against um, the Omicron subtypes. So that's considered a bivalent or multivalent platform. So it would have basically, bivalent means it could protect you from more than one strain. Correct, yes. Um, So we might have a protection against BA1 all the way to BA5. Of course, more research is required and needed to understand that protection level. We're still early in terms of our key understanding of how we can protect against multiple variants. It's a very good step forward. So what can we do to help protect ourselves from BA5? If, If you feel sick, there's options available to get tested at home. And a rapid test, of course, gives you a very good information in terms of your possibility of being infected with SARS-CoV-2. You can certainly understand if you're sick. Not engaging or not working when you're sick uh, would definitely help reduce the transmission. And the last thing I think is we need to be cognizant that we will continue to see a change in virus as all viruses evolve. So far, the other thing that we have not seen with BA5 is the severity of disease. It seems like it is highly infectious, but not highly pathogenic or causes uh, significant admissions in the hospital. Just because of infectiousness of Omicron 5, definitely we have seen a surge in cases, both cases getting infected as well as surge in hospitalization. But It's still preliminary to assume that BA5 is much more virulent or highly pathogenic, causing hospitalization and death. More data will help us determine that. One report that I want to mention is R0, which is the transmissibility of the virus. So the BA5 R0 is 18.6, which is nearly six times higher than original strain of SARS-CoV-2. When SARS-CoV-2 virus emerged in 2019, the R0 was 3 to 3.3. 
this has been a substantial increase in numbers, particularly for transmission of the virus. And thus, um, I, I, th I think the BA5 has been proving difficult to contain and spreads pretty easily. You said that BA5 is less pathogenic than prior strains. Do we think that's because there's a greater level of humoral immunity in the majority of the population, or is it truly less pathogenic? So uh, intrinsically, we have seen Omicron viruses from BA1, which is the initial strain of Omicron. Uh, we have seen less pathogenesis of the virus. Some reports also stated that it does not involve the lung lining and it's mostly focused on the upper respiratory system, which makes the virus less pathogenic or less harmful, even though it does cause upper respiratory symptoms and have flu-like symptoms, but it, it does not involve the lung or cause respiratory distress. We, we continue to see this trend in all subtypes of Omicron, particularly Omicron BA1, BA2, BA2.2, which was dominant strain before BA5 and BA4. Uh, so I think that intrinsic characteristic of Omicron virus will continue. We haven't seen that significant surge. Definitely because of infectiousness, we might see a higher number of people getting infected. And subset of them don't have good immunity or immunosuppressed or have underlying conditions might get admitted because of highly infectiousness of the virus. I'm hopeful that we'll continue to um, not see a significant increased number of people impacted in terms of uh, respiratory distress. Is there any data yet on if Omicron and its subvariants causes long COVID issues? So we don't know about BA5. Of course, we do have some results from Omicron, BA1. Of course, with the number of people getting infected with Omicron, BA1, the study from UK suggests that long COVID cases tends to be lower compared to previous variants of SARS-CoV-2, like Alpha or Delta. The only caveat here that I would just want to reiterate is long COVID is not well-defined. We know that we define long COVID as, as uh, symptomatic for a long period of time, but there certainly need to be a consensus in terms of symptomatology of long COVID. And I, I think that's important in terms of defining the cases. So we'll continue to see um, a more active effort in that regard. All right. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Nabil, once again, for giving us an update on the latest with COVID-19. I, I hope uh, we can continue to do better uh, in controlling the disease and uh, protect ourselves. So get boosted and do everything in your capacity to reduce transmission infection. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. 